Oh, let's give God praise. What an amazing God we serve. He's made us a believer. God is good. And all the time. And can we give our worship arts department a great big hand? Wow. That's the way to kick off a sermon right there. Well, I'm so glad that you're here with us. We're in this series called Signs, Encountering the Extraordinary. And how when you think about it, every day, you and I, well, we're surrounded by the extraordinary. For example, when you got up this morning and you looked in the mirror. Now, maybe at first, it didn't seem that extraordinary. You looked in the mirror and this is what you saw. And wow, nothing too extraordinary about that. I know about that whole bedhead kind of thing going. But when you look a little bit deeper, did you know that if they took your genetic code, your DNA, and they wrote it out longhand, that you would be a three billion word book. To give you some perspective, the Bible that you hold in your hands, it's about 783,000 words. That means your genetic code is equivalent to 7,000 Bibles. That if they took your genetic code and put it into an audio book, that to listen to you would take 100 years. Some husband said, I know that already, amen. <laughs> there's no one that, well, there's never been anybody like you. There's nobody that'll ever be like you. Friend, do you believe in miracles? You are you are a miracle. You're sitting next to a miracle. Every day we encounter the extraordinary. Hallelujah. In fact, look at the person next to you and tell them, you're, well, you're sitting next to a miracle. Go ahead. Boy, own it today. You know, every day we're surrounded by the extraordinary. And when it comes to miracles... And we look at the Gospel of John. John does something very unique in his book. Instead of calling the miracles miracles, he calls them signs. And we know what signs do. Signs are meant to tell us something. They're meant to take us somewhere. And the signs in God, John's Gospel are meant to, well, tell us something about who Jesus is and what Jesus does. And they're meant to take us somewhere to having a, a deeper place of faith and trust to be a believer. In fact, the mission statement of John, you can find it in John chapter 20. And I'm going to invite you to read it out loud with me. Wherever you're at on campus, other sites around the bay with those watching online, I invite you to say this out loud with me and let's fill this place with the word of God. Everybody. Jesus performed many other signs in front of his disciples. They are not written down in this book, but these are written so that you may believe, there's that word, that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. If you believe this, you will have life because you belong to him. Can we give God praise for his word, amen? Thank you, God, for your word. Hmm. 
Last week we looked at this sign where Jesus is the winemaker. This week I want to look at this sign where we discovered Jesus is the water walker. You can find that story in John chapter 6. And just to get us in the mood, we had a chance last year to be on the Sea of Galilee and to read this story from a boat in Galilee. Well, we can't go to the Sea of Galilee, but what if we bring the sea to us and we use our imagination and we see ourselves in the boat today. It's interesting that it used to be years ago when you came into a church and you sat down where you're sitting right now, they called that part of the church the nave. Nave comes from an old Latin word, novice. Navy, naval, novice, nave. It means boat or ship. That when people came to church, the idea was that, well, you were kind of coming to church, but you really weren't coming to church. Instead, you were walking the gangplank and you were getting onto a ship that is people of faith. We are in a boat on the journey of life together. We're out on the high seas on this amazing voyage. And since we're all in the ship today. How about if we, well, we use some more of our imagination, and how about you guys right over here, you look like you're energized today. Well, can you just give me a little energy shout? There we go. So let's call this the engine room right over here. And you guys right here, you look kind of chill today. And so how about if we just give this, how about if you just say chill, maybe you can do this too, chill, there we go, this is the promenade part of the deck, and then up here, you guys are, well, you're on the upper deck, looking out for land, how about if the balcony, how about if everybody shouts, land ho, say that with me, land ho, and then you guys over here, wow, it looks like you're hungry, can somebody say hungry? So you guys will be in the mess hall right over here, getting a bite to eat. But I want this to get in you. I think if we can get in the ship, and the ship can get into us, and we can really experience Jesus as the water walker, that he is a storm chaser, he's the storm breaker, he's the king of the wind, he's the king of the waves, he is the master of the storm. He is the water walker who's the master of your storm. That God has, well, he wants us to experience him today as the water walking Jesus who's master over our storm. Because I can tell you something about every person in this room. I may not know your name. I may not know your email. I may not know your cell phone. I'm not the NSA. I don't know all of that stuff, but I do know one thing about you. You are either on your way into a storm, on your way out of a storm, or right now you are in the middle of the storm. And that's why this story 
has so much to say to us, to each one of us, that Jesus is the water walker who is the master over every storm in life. Can we give him praise? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you do. So let's walk through this story in John chapter 6. You can follow along on your outline. John chapter 6. Jesus, build our faith today that you are the water walker. First of all, look at, first of all, notice that when a storm slants into your boat, hold on to the promise. When a storm slams into your boat, make sure you hold on to the promise. The Bible says in John chapter 6, when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea and they got into a what? There's that boat image. And they started across the sea to Capernaum. And the sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. A strong wind was blowing. You can be in the boat, in the journey, on the voyage, and one moment the sea is calm, and the next moment you got the storm slamming into the side of your boat. I had the chance one time to go sailing out at San Francisco Bay, and uh, I went with a buddy, and he's into sailing, and we were sailing around the Bay Bridge, and on one side of the Bay Bridge, it was so calm. It was very calm. It was so calm, he let me take the wheel. Oh, that's a dangerous thing to do. So here I am behind the wheel, and I'm having the time of my life. I mean, I put my pirate on, and I'm, you know, barking out orders, you know, hoist the sails and scrub the deck and hallelujah. I'm steering the boat. You can see a picture of me at the wheel that day. There I am. I mean, just having the time of my life. And then we got to the other side of the Bay Bridge and talk about a shift. The wind cranks up and the waves start rocking the boat. And all of a sudden, we are in the middle of chaos. And we're trying to get the sails down, and I'm at the wheel still, but no matter how much I turn the wheel, it seems like we're headed right toward this big metal buoy out in the middle of the bay. Now, I'm turning away from it, but the more I turn away from it, it was like an evil buoy that was drawing me toward it. I could not break away. And I got so close to that evil buoy. Do you know how close I got? Do you know how close I was to almost hitting that buoy? I will tell you this week at Pastor Ken Facebook, Daydreaming with Pastor Ken. Tune in and I'll tell you then, amen. <laughs> it was very close. We almost hit it. And I, I, there I was. What a strange day. One moment here it is, it's, well, it's calm. The next moment, I'm about to, you know, go down into Davy Jones' locker. And, and life can be like that. Where one moment you're sailing along as people of faith, you're just tracking. And the next moment, wham, you get hit by a storm. 
There's a friend of our church who just, this just happened to him. Rig Machow is one of the top leaders in our nation, really in the world when it comes to worship leadership. And he goes all around the world and empowers leaders and raises up leaders. He was a member of Saddleback Church for many, many years. And Rick was just with us last November. We had a great time. He's been coming to us for years. We're kind of his NorCal home. And a couple of weeks ago, Rick is down in Palm Springs, and he's there with his wife. They're having a little R&R time, and they're out at dinner. And he gets up at a restaurant and finds himself a little dizzy. And not soon after that, he's at the emergency room. And not soon after that, he finds out that he's got a tumor in his brain that's cancerous. And this Wednesday, he goes in for an operation. Here you are sailing along. Life can be like that. You're sailing along, and everything's calm. And then you go under the bridge, and the wind shifts. And you find yourself in the middle of this storm, even when you're sailing in the right direction. I mean, look at who told them to cross the sea. The Bible says in Matthew, it says, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. The other side, say that with me, the other side. Who's the one that told them to get into the boat and go to the other side? Jesus told them. They are sailing in the right direction. Now, there are plenty of storms I've gotten myself into when I sailed in the wrong direction. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But you can be following the words of Jesus, sailing in the right direction, and you run right into the storm. But here is the good news from our story today. If Jesus told you to go to the other side, guess what? He will make sure you get to the other side. That's the good news we celebrate today. That's his promise. We stand on his promise. If Jesus told us to go to the other side, he will not let us sink. He will not let us drown. We may get wet, but we will not drown because we stand on the promise of Jesus. If he told us to go to the other side, we stand on his word. We stand on his promise. We'll get through this storm. We're headed to the other side. Amen. Let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to know that this weekend. Standing on the promise that Jesus has given to you. Promises like, well, he said, well, whatever he started in our life, he will bring to completion. Can somebody say amen? amen. He said that we are more than conquerors through him who's loved us. Can somebody say amen? amen. And then in Psalms, we find that same ship type image. It says their ships were tossed to the heavens and plunged again to the depths. The sailors cringed in terror. They reeled and staggered like drunkards and were at their wits end. Lord, help, they cried in their trouble. And he saved them from their distress. 
He calmed the storm to a whisper and stilled the waves. What a blessing was that stillness as he brought them safely into harbor. When Jesus tells you, go to the other side, friend, he will make sure you get to the other side. He's the water walker. We can count on his promise today. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Water walker. Say that with me. Water walker. Jesus is the water walker. And here's the next thing I want to point out in that story. Not only do we remember the promise, but keep an eye out for the eye that's in the storm. You've heard of the eye of the storm. There's an eye in the storm. Keep your eye out for that eye. There was a picnic that was going on at a Catholic school, and the nun had put a bowl of apples on one side of the table, and she set a sign there, and the sign said, please only take one, Jesus is watching. <laughs> on the other side of the table, was the, there was a bowl of cookies, and a second grader had handwritten a sign and put it by the cookies, and it said, take all the cookies you want, Jesus is watching the apples. <laughs> the vision of Jesus, the night vision of Jesus. Look at Mark chapter six, talking about this moment. The miracle within the miracle. The Bible says, when he saw, he saw, say that with me, he saw that they were straining at the oars against an adverse wind. He came toward them in the morning, walking on the sea, walking on the sea. Say that with me, walking on the sea. Now, walking on the sea is the upfront miracle. You can't miss that. It is a miracle. On YouTube, you can go in and you can type, there's a certain lizard in South America, and if you watch this on the internet, you can see they call this, they actually do call this the Jesus lizard, because when he goes on the water, he runs across the water. So there is a lizard that walks on the water, a South American lizard. But if you're a human being, to walk on the water, you would have to run 67 miles an hour, and then you could run across the water. The fastest human being, Usain Bolt, has run 27 miles an hour, so we still have a ways to go. And when it comes to Jesus walking on the water, I mean, that's the upfront miracle. It's hard to miss that one. It is a miracle. But is there a miracle within the miracle, when it says that Jesus saw, he saw. Jesus is up on the mountain. They are three and a half miles away from him. It is the darkest part of the night. And yet somehow Jesus saw. He saw them straining in the middle 
of the storm. They couldn't see him, but Jesus could see them. Oh, wow. Let me say that again. They couldn't see him, but Jesus could see them. And when you know his eye is on you. You know, the the founders of our country, they commissioned a Swiss artist to, well, to come up with a national emblem for us. And they wanted to make sure that the emblem had an eye in it. They called it the providential eye. Because they believed that the eye of providence had helped in the founding of this nation. The providential care from the providential eye that sees everything. So every time you pull out a dollar bill, well, you look on one side and there's our very first president. You look on the other side and there's an eye that's looking right back at you to remind us that there is a providential eye and there is his name is Jesus and even when we can't see Jesus Jesus can still see us and somebody needs to hear that because this week and just being real right now you're in what they call The mystics called a dark night of the soul. It can be hard when you're out in the storm and you're rowing and the waves are battering against your boat and you're rowing and you're straining and the storm has blinded you and you can't see. There have been moments in my life, let me talk about my own personal voyage. There have been moments in my life where I've, I've been in a storm, and in that storm, man, I could sense his power, I could sense his presence, I could see him. And, wow, it gave me faith. When I saw him, it gave me faith, and I knew that he would keep his promise, and I would get to the other side. Can we give God praise for those kinds of moments? Boy, I knew it. I knew it. But just keeping it real, there have been other moments where I'm in the middle of the storm and I've just felt blinded. I haven't sensed his power. And I haven't sensed his presence. I just can't see. Now, I used to feel embarrassed about that. I used to feel bad about that. I'm a pastor, for goodness sakes. Until I read about people in the Bible and people in history who have experienced that same kind of thing. They call it the dark night of the soul when you're in the boat and you're in the dark in fact even Jesus himself experienced one of those moments when he's on the cross and he can't sense the father he can't sense his power he can't sense his presence 
it seems like the father has forsaken him and he cries out in that moment, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet look at what Jesus does. In Jesus' response, we have the key. That Jesus still cries out to God. To the God he cannot sense. To the God he cannot see. That is what faith does. Faith still believes and cries out to God. Hallelujah. Turn toward God. Cry out to God. That when you can't see him, you're confident that he can still see you. The psalmist said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. Even when I can't see him, I believe he can still see me. Amen. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah. And that, my friend, is when faith really shows up. I need a volunteer. Just a moment. Jolie, would you help me for a moment? How about a big hand for Jolie? Jolie does a great job. Amazing part of our team. So, Jolie, I'm going to ask you to, to follow me. You can see me, but I want you to follow me. Now, it does take some trust to follow me. Are you kidding? You're going to follow me, but it takes some level of trust. So let's go ahead, and she's following me. And, why wow, you're doing a great job following me. Let's go on up the stairs here. Here we go. Wow, Jolie, way to go. Up the stairs. Let's go back down the stairs. Jolie is following me. Way to go, Jolie. All right, how about a big hand, Jolie? Way to go, yeah. Okay. Now we're going to add something to it. We have a blindfold. Hello. And Jolie, I'm going to ask you to put on the blindfold. And as she puts on the blindfold, now she's in the dark. And I want you to still follow me around, okay? Oh, she's a little nervous this time. All right, follow me around. Here we go. Here we go. Here, we're walking. We're walking. Great job, Jolie. Jolie's doing a great, she's got heels on. Give her, give her some big hand. She's doing a great job, right? Okay. Now, Jolie, go ahead and take that blindfold off. Now, let me ask you a question. I wanna, want everybody to get their arms around this. What took more faith? When she could see me or when she couldn't see me? That is when faith really shows up. When you're in the dark and you cannot see. That is when your faith is tested. That is when your faith is stretched. Some of you right now are in the dark night of the soul. Friend, I want to encourage you. Believe that even when you can't see him, he can see you. And you're going to come through this storm stronger than ever before. Jesus is with you. He's for you. And he will get you to the other side. Amen? This is when faith really shows up. Amen.
Thank you, Jolie. Jesus is the water walker. Water walker. Say that with me. Water walker. Oh, and he's the master of the storm. And now we move toward the end of the story. And, and the last part of the story goes like this. That it takes a storm to experience him as master of the storm. That may seem obvious, but it takes a storm for us to experience him as master of the storm. Now, when Jesus comes walking to them on the water, the disciples are so excited to see Jesus. They are so excited. In fact, someone captured their response on a cell phone and put it on, on Instagram. And so I want to show you right now the disciples' response to seeing Jesus walking on the water. You'll see it right up here. The Bible says, it's in the Bible, that when they saw Jesus, they shrieked. They were terrified. In John chapter 6, it says, they had rowed three or four miles. They saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were frightened. They thought he was a ghost. I mean, things just got worse. Here we are about to drown, and now the ghosts of the sea are showing up and haunting us. Just when we thought it couldn't get worse, it just did. It's the darkest part of the night, and yet the dawn is about to break in. And Jesus says to them in their terror, he says to them, it is I do not be afraid. Would you read that with me? It is I. Do not be afraid. One translation says this. Jesus said to them, I am. Be not afraid. I am. Do you recognize that? I love that. Somebody over here said I am. Amen. Way to go. I am. Say that with me. I am. I am. Does that ring a bell to you? When you read through the Gospel of John, Jesus makes all these radical I am statements. He says things like, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the gate. I'm the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Before Abraham was, I am. Jesus wants us to know that the great I am of the Bible is now on the scene. And what he says to the disciples in that moment is the I am is here. Do not be afraid. I am. See, he, well, he could master the wind because he created the wind. He could master the waves because he created the waves. He was master of the sea because he created the sea. The sea in ancient times was a terrifying place. 
In the ancient world, the sea was a place of mysterious powers and mysterious forces. There were monsters in the sea that terrified them. And then Jesus shows up on the sea. Jesus isn't under the sea. Jesus isn't in the sea. Instead, where is Jesus? He's on the sea. That means that the sea is under his feet. The scariest things in your life are still under the feet of Jesus. And when we put our faith and trust in him, if they're under the feet of Jesus and we belong to him, then they're under our feet too, amen. He's the master of the sea and he'll give us victory over the sea. Hallelujah. Then they wanted him. They wanted to take him into the boat. They wanted to take him into the boat, the Bible says, and immediately the boat reached the land toward which they were going. They wanted to take him in. I have an act of imagination. Jesus, are you going to walk the whole way? Because there's room in the boat. We'd love to have you in the boat. If we have to throw Andrew overboard, that's okay. Jesus, we want you in the boat. And Jesus gets into the boat. Waves are calm. Wind is calm. And immediately, they get to the other side. Jesus kept his promise. And they experienced Jesus as master of the storm. And that's where you experience who Jesus is. It's in the middle of your storm. Jesus shows you that he is the master of the storm. A man in the Bible who, well, he went through a horrendous storm. Job. But after going through that storm, he he learned something about who God is. He said, I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. See, it's in the storm that you experience Jesus as the master of the storm. The sea is under his feet. And because of him, the sea can be under our feet and we can't get to the other side. So let me ask you again, what kind of storm are you in? Is it a financial storm? A storm in your family? A storm in your ministry, a storm in your career, a storm in your health. I received so many uh, prayer requests this week having to do with health. So let me talk to you about a health storm that our family experienced. My wife, this is my wife when she was young, and this is her little brother, Chris, and this is her little sister, Donna. Now, when you look at this picture, you're seeing a picture, but I'm looking at something extraordinary. Because when Donna was an infant, she was diagnosed with a rare childhood cancer. There was no real cure for this cancer, but they did their best to treat it. And they treated it with chemo, and they treated it with radiation. It was a very difficult storm. If you're a parent and you have a child going through that kind of storm, it's just about as difficult as it gets. 
And there came a point in the journey where the doctors, they were great doctors, but they did about all they could do. And they said she was terminal. They gave her some medicine to try to make her more comfortable. But they sent her home. That's all they could do. They set up another appointment. But basically, she was sent home to just wait until she died. But Donna had a mom who believed. Donna had a mom who believed that Jesus is master of the storm. That Jesus is the master of every storm. He's the water walker. And she continued to pray, and the church continued to pray. And something strange started to happen, where Donna would throw up the medicine, but she was keeping other food down, and she started to get better. And she made her next appointment. And when the doctor looked at her, she was stunned. He thought it was extraordinary. In fact, it was so extraordinary. This was a teaching hospital down in Florida. He got a group of doctors around, and they brought Donna and her mom to meet with this room full of doctors because they were trying to figure out what happened. They were stunned. They were calling it extraordinary. They were saying it's nothing short of a miracle. Now, friend, here's the word of the Lord. Yeah, let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometimes getting to the other side means that Jesus gives you perfect health in heaven. Can somebody say amen? amen. But sometimes getting to the other side, Jesus, well, it means that Jesus gives you better health right here and now. And if you run in to my sister-in-law today, don't just see another person. Know that you are looking at the extraordinary a sign from God of who he is and what he can do. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen.